talking to her. My name is Melissa Collins, and what I know is every woman deserves a tribe of other powerful women. This podcast is a collection of stories from women, by women, about women. Stories that inspire us and help us envision our own rise to success. My hope is that you will hear these stories and start to envision your own rise. What I wish for you is that you create abundance, joy, and love in your own life. To talking to her. Today, we are talking to her about transformation from victim to thriving coach. My guest today is Jilly Maria. She's coming to us from Raleigh, North Carolina. So welcome, Jilly. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me, I guess, start at the beginning. So you told me that we went from victim to thriving coach. So where did we start with this journey? Uh, we started this journey in 2011 with a trifecta of events that, um, saving the morbid details, um, I had um, someone that called me out and said, you know, you're miserable and you deserve to be happy and you need to find a therapist and um, report back to me within a week that you found a therapist and you've been to an appointment. And I kind of laughed and she said, no, I'm serious. And, uh, <laughs> okay. So, um I found a very good therapist and that was 2011 into 2012. I learned how to cry. I learned how to feel emotion um, safely. And then I discovered um, in a very weird way, I had repressed my rape and that happened in 2002. I repressed it and discovered that in a kind of random sort of way at a uh, Zumba event as it were, um, because someone had a card for a local, we have here in Raleigh, we have a local uh, rape crisis center. And she had put out cards for that. And I picked one up and I had this really weird inkling about it. And so I went kind of, you know, thought about it and realized that the memories were there and what have you and what had happened, such and so forth. Went to the rape crisis center, worked, told my story to them privately and spent about a year and a half really working on it and healing it, forgiving my rapist. Um, that was 2013 and 2014. Um, I've spoken publicly about it several times. I've published articles about it, um, speaking as an advocate. And then into 2015 and 2016, I found really deeply found spirituality, found the Akashic records, um, got certified in the Akashic Records, and then since then I've gotten certified as a Reiki practitioner, Reiki master. I just finished up Sacred Soul Alignments, and now I'm coaching women um, through trauma and deep emotional wounds. Wow, so my friend just yesterday sent me um, a voice message on Facebook to tell me that she had had her first Reiki treatment, and she, uh, she sent me like seven voice messages in a row. She was so excited. I've never, I've never experienced that. So actually after she did that, I was like, I need to put a post on Facebook and find a local Reiki person. Cause I want to know what this is. Like, I don't understand it. So let's start with this though. I have no idea what that word you said first was. What was it? Akashi? What is that? The Akashic records. Yeah. So tell um, us what that is. The Akashic records are one of my favorite spiritual tools. Um, 
the short version of it is, is that is an autobiography of your soul's every thought, word, and deed. We all have one. Um, buildings have one. Objects have them as well. They are, the way that we use them, the way that I use them is I get permission to be in your Akashic records. Um, it is unethical energy-wise to be in someone's records, to be in someone's energy without their permission. But we would do a session, we would go into your Akashic records and you can ask questions. So it's like a library, like if you went into a library, there's a misconception with the Akashic records that you open them up and your guides, we all have spirit guides, um, just start babbling incoherently and that's not true at all. Um, you have you either have to set an intention or ask questions in order to access them so in other words if i was in your records and you said to me um what can you tell me about this trip to guatemala as an example that you're going on um i would be able to tell you you know if there's any if you're asking me like is it in my highest and best interest to do a thing and i would be able to tell you yes or no and then if no answer i would begin to no answers because i don't care for them. <laughs> um, well, I like to know what's behind them. I like to know what's behind a no. Like, is there something, is there a person? Is there an action? Because there's, is there a pivot point where we can say, oh, hey, um, you know, you're going to encounter this person and you can either react or you can respond. And you're choosing to react or respond is what is what's the pivot, the pivot point. So you can choose to say, this is going to be a really bad experience unless you choose to respond and walk away. Mm, that makes sense. So a lot of times, because a lot of times when people know that I'm an, I'm an Akashic Records practitioner, there's this fear like that I see through you. Now I am an empath and I am a medium, but again, I don't want to be in everybody's energy 24 seven. I don't choose that. Some people do. I'm not that person. So a lot of times when I'm dealing with the Akashic Records, either when I do my lives on my page or when I do a thread or when I am in a private session with a client, I'm always asking your permission or telling you if I'm doing a live or if I'm doing a um, thread saying, if you're posting a question, you're giving me permission to access your records, which right. when I'm done answering your question, I close your records. Um, but the Akashic Records, one of the things that they can give us is access to the subconscious and access to our past lives, access to information that we on the surface don't have because the mind wants to deal with the pretty and the fluffy. The mind wants to deal with whatever, as a human, we are wanting to and consciously choosing to experience. Um, as opposed to what drives, because like depression is a big topic this year. Anxiety has been a very big topic in 2019. So one of the things that I use the Akashic Records for is to dig into what's underneath anxiety. So why are, you know, why do you get anxious when you are in crowded places or why do you get anxious driving or what makes you anxious about getting on an airplane? Because if we can get into underneath that, I can usually pull that out and dissolve it because we can look at it and say, okay, what happened that you feel anxiety every time you get into a car? And then it might be a car accident. It might be that the person is getting, seeing flashes. I'm like, okay, but if you're seeing flashes, that just means you're clairvoyant. And they a lot of times don't have anything to do with you. So once you're aware of that, a lot of times, you know, if, you, if, if you've got angels or guides trying to communicate with you and, we, and I can pull that out, 
then I get that message for you. It's like, oh, it's not about me. No, it's not about you. Then suddenly the fear goes away because those flashes dissolve. Mm. So, you know, we're so, able to- So this it. is similar to what she talked about when she talked about her Reiki session. So would you say that there's, there's similarities between the two? So when you do Reiki, is it different than when you're looking at somebody's- um, Reiki is more straight up energy. So if I can be, I can, I do Reiki infused Akashic Record sessions. Yes. They all deal with the same thing with the energetic, the spiritual realm with the subconscious. Um, I would say the biggest difference between Reiki is if I do a Reiki session with you is I don't have to be in your Akashic Records to do it. Okay. So I can just, I can just Reiki concentrated sacred energy. So if I'm doing Reiki on you, I can do it. I do a lot of distance Reiki sessions and that is more concentrated energy so that I'm sending like, it would be like sending, um, like if you watch comic, like, um, comic shows, Saturday morning comics, right. In the eighties or nineties, um, they had a lot of the you know superheroes that would send a beam of light to whatever yeah. they were trying to destroy or, you know, empower. And it's the same thing. So Reiki is energetic is, is energy. It's sacred energy. So you're, Sending, you know, well, usually what I'll do is I'll say, uh, you know, setting the intention that I'm sending powerful healing Reiki energy to, and then I visualize the person in front of me or visualize the body part that they want Reiki sent to. So that's how you would do distance Reiki. So it's very, I mean, you can, and the thing is too, is a lot of times having done both and having intertwined them, you certainly can have similar results between um, using, with using Reiki and using the Akashic records. The biggest difference is, is that if you're, you're usually sending Reiki with the intention that it's for the best and highest good of all to heal a specific thing, where the Akashic records are asking questions. Okay, makes sense. So I wanna bring this back around because I think what's important for people to hear here is everybody, everybody finds their spirituality in different ways, right? So, but what one common theme with recording these sessions, talking to her that I find is that there is a direct correlation with women who have risen from difficult things or have, have empowered their lives. There's a direct correlation to how many other people they help. So I feel like, and I'm not sure if you agree with me, but I feel like one of the ways we heal ourselves, specifically as women, is by lifting other people in whatever unique way we do that. Many people do it through Reiki, through this Akashic Records you're talking about. Some people do it through empowerment coaching. Some people do it all different ways, but there's definitely a direct correlation to with our rise to how many people we've helped along the way. I think it's important to acknowledge that. Um, have you seen that in your own life, that the more people you help, the better you get at helping your own self? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, definitely, because part of what happens is, is that you also, as you are coaching people one it's kind of a two-part thing is the first part is you give people a sense of inspiration of if i can do it you can do it like i've been through the mud and so i know how to climb out of the mud so that's the first thing the second thing is is like is um you know the notion of usually when we coach and i haven't actually run into anybody that this hasn't been the case for is you eventually are going to hit your edge as a coach. And no matter what you're calling yourself, you are going to hit your edge where someone is going to trigger you. And that is going to force you to go, okay, 
what about their situation is bugging me? Because normally we can hold space and we can allow the person to tell their story, be witnessed, be validated, what have you, pull the, you know, pull the wound out, dissolve the emotion, let them feel the emotion, such and so forth. But there's also the notion of when someone, when something starts bothering you, and it's happened to me a couple of times where there's, we're trying to work through something and something will just be really getting on my last nerves. And I'm like, why can't they? And I never say it to the client really, but I'm saying to myself, like making a furious on a post-it note to go through with myself later and say, what about this is bothering me? And then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're showing me something that if only I could, they're reflecting back to me. So it's like, if only I could overcome that thing or let go of that thing or do the thing, then I could too level up. And so you have that thing where, yes, you're inspiring people. Yes, they're excited because if you can do it, I can do it. But there's also that notion of you're going to hit your edge. So when I'm working with women who are up and coming and what have you, or I'm working through, you know, empowering them or coaching, you know, what have you, and they'll say, I just want to, you know, help people. I'm like, yeah, but here's the sticker. I'm like, if you don't deal with your stuff, you are going to hit that edge so much faster because they're going to provoke you and you're going to be angry at them for, you're going to feel angry toward them. Or you're going to be like, why can't you just, because that's your thing that you need to heal. And the more that you're able to heal your own stuff and be in your own um, sense of, I got this far. So you can coach people to this point without needing to stop and reevaluate. There's always a self-evaluation process as well. Um, because a lot of us want to, what we call spiritually bypass. We want to be so busy helping other people that we don't have to deal with our own stuff. And we can't do that because when we do that, we are one, disempowering ourselves, two, separating from our own self, and three, eventually you're going to hurt your clients because you're going to disallow them to be in their own story and you're going to make it about you and you're going to get really clumped in your own stuff because your ego is going to be like, ha ha, I found a black spot. I found a shadow. <laughs> and that can, from experience, be, I've been through that once or twice where um, it can really pull you down a spiral and to get yourself to a point where you're like, ah, put the brakes on it, realize it's an issue, pull back, heal the shadow, you know, get your big old spotlight of truth on the shadow. And then once that dissolves, go back to what you're doing. Amazing. I agree. I can't agree more with that. I, I, I think that I hope everybody re-listens to that last bit that you just said, because it's, it is so important. Um, we talk about it in all different forms. Make sure you do personal development, make sure you work on yourself. I mean, we have to do that if we're going to be our highest self to help others. So the last thing I have to ask you, and I ask everybody this, there are a lot of women that listen to this podcast that are looking to start their transformative journey. They're looking to take that first step. They're getting ready to get ready. They're sitting there waiting. So my question is from you to them, what is the one thing, the one thing, the most important thing that they can do today, not tomorrow, not get ready to get ready for, what's the one thing they can do today to start a transformative journey and rise? Become self-aware. Um, that I think is the single most important thing to do because so many people are running around and the lack of self-awareness is 
truly astounding. Um, and what I mean by that is when you see people who are blaming everybody but themselves, they're not taking any personal responsibility. It's, you know, his fault, their fault, Trump's fault, this fault, the dog's fault, my husband's fault, you know, the kid's fault, the car's fault. It's anybody but them. So realizing that you are the common denominator in all of your relationships, whether your relationship is with another human, um, and that is a relationship at any level, from the intimacies to the acquaintances. Um, whether your relationship is in your work life, whether it is to your, you know, your dogs, cats, fur babies, however you phrase that, to your children, to your life as a whole, however those relationships are, you are the common denominator. So when we're fearlessly getting self-aware, becoming self-aware and saying, oh, and here's the key to that, I feel like, without shaming, blaming, faulting. So being able to just say, gosh, I realize I'm not happy. Or gosh, something has to change and that's got to start with me. That is going to give you I think that's so important to, to acknowledge that you can acknowledge that there's something and you don't have to have the solution yet. I think what I'm hearing you say is that acknowledging it, becoming radically responsible, I use that word a lot, radically responsible for your own thoughts, actions, feelings, emotions is so much the first step. Before you even figure out the solution, it's okay if you don't know what the solution is yet because here's the thing, there's a lot of experts in the world. We can find one for your specific situation but you first have to know what the specific situation is. Yes. You, you yes. got to figure it out. And, you, and, and in order to figure it out, you have to start taking radical responsibility and looking in a mirror because I believe very deeply, and I say this a lot, but I believe very deeply that we are in fact in control. We are in fact in the driver's seat of our lives. And we, are, we do in fact have control of what is going on. Now, things outside of our control absolutely happen. However, we are in control of how we react. That is, Absolutely. we do have ultimate control of our emotions, how we feel about a situation, how we react to a situation. Uh, and, and when we start taking radical responsibility, I do, I, I agree with you. I think that is when transformations really start. Well, and here's the two, here's the two things that I think are super important to remember. One is you didn't know what you didn't know. So you're not responsible for what you didn't know before the moment. Once you know, you're responsible for that. Yeah. But if you are reacting to model behavior as, an, as so many people do, and you are just modeling what someone else taught you, there's no fault or anything there. There's just, okay, I can only mo model what I know, know what I know. And then once you know something new, then you can respond. And I think learning to, once you start healing your wounds and you start doing, taking the action of either trauma coaching or whatever it is that works for you, is you learn to respond versus react. And reaction comes from a place generally of snap. It comes from a place of the mind. It comes from a place of trying to protect your wound versus respond, responding, which comes from a place of stopping and thinking, okay, I'm in this space. I can choose to either be gnarly back, or I can say, you know what, this person is having a really rough day, or they're coming from a place of pain, or yeah, man, they're really in their anger. And you know you didn't do anything to specifically 
throw the arrow or try to wound them. So you can choose to step back and be like, I'm going to just hold space. And oftentimes that involves saying nothing and then stepping to the right and moving forward with your life or saying, you know, even like I'll say a lot of times, you know, like when I'm driving and I'm guilty, notoriously guilty of this is, you know, I'll react. Driving is still one of the few things that I'm like, ah, cause there's no one around me and I can, you know, self-resolve all of that. But to also say, you know, as I'm saying, I'll be like, oh my God, I wish, you know, what's wrong with, you know, I'm screaming at them about their taillights and why can't they just use their brakes and, you know, um, brakes, brake lights are not signal lights, kids. Um, but then I can also say, God bless you and send them simultaneously, send them Reiki and say, I hope you have a good day and, you know, keep on rolling but you know, responding versus reacting and getting into awareness and um, you know, shifting how we handle life. Awesome. Well, so one of the great joys of my life is being able to be surrounded by and have new, empowered, incredible women come into my life every week. So I wanna say thank you, Jilly, for coming here and sharing this with us. I know that it's going to help somebody. Um, I know that there's going to be a woman out there that listens to this that is affected by it and changes her life. And you may never meet her. And that's the most incredible thing, right, about today and the internet and social media that you may have affected someone's life in such a deep and profound way. And you may never know about it, but we just choose to, to put content out so that, that that possibility exists in the world. So thank you for coming here. I appreciate you. Okay. It was amazing to meet you. Thank you so much for the opportunity.